Romans chapter 7, verse 1. Or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law. I speak to those who know the law. That the law has dominion or dominance over a man as long as he lives. For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. So then if, while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. Therefore, my brethren, and Paul is just giving an analogy here. Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law. What law is he speaking about? The law and the traditions of uh, the Jews. Through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who, has, who was raised from the dead, Hallelujah. That we should bear fruit to God. What are we bearing? Fruit to God. What are we bearing? Fruit to God. That's who we are. We are fruit bearers. For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law, in other words, the law provoked uh, sin in us, we actually began to recognize that it was a good thing, but a bad thing. How many understand what I'm saying? I don't know what sin is if I don't know what sin is. But the law helped me to understand what sin was. Don't do this, do this. The law, the commandments, love, you know, or, you know, um, have no idols, you know, the Ten Commandments. Where uh, He goes on, he says, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in my members um, to bear fruit unto death. So we're supposed to be bearing fruit unto God, but we were bearing fruit unto death. And anyone who is not saved and fully devoted their lives to Christ and living for him on a daily basis, uh, their, their fruit is, is decreased or it's not even bearing fruit, and sometimes it is fruit unto death. But now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by. And what were we held by? We were held by the law and the law of sin in our flesh. So that, and we are free from that. We've died to that. We talked about that last week, dying to sin. So that we should serve in the newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word of God. It just is so clear, helps us to understand, gets us out of the toxic behavior and thoughts and fleshly ways and disorder and dysfunction, and gets us into the newness of the Spirit every single day of our lives. Thank you, Lord, that we are, we are in your plan. We are on the inside of things, God. We are inside the secrets of God. We experience those things, and we know them, and we live in the newness of the Spirit. And I pray, God, that you would help 
every single person to, to really understand, Lord, the newness of the Spirit that's happening in them right now. Hallelujah. That's, that's available for them right now and every day, every moment. Hallelujah. Everything that you do, God, is on a fresh and new basis. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So our study tonight is entitled Living and Serving in the Newness of the Spirit. And by the way, my notes are on the table back there if you want to grab one or grab one of those. Well, I don't see any more uh, bind three-ring binders. We'll have, to, we'll have to load up the dispenser back there. Living and serving in the newness of the Spirit. So the word serve, it's a simple word. It's just really living. Um, but also serving God, serving others. And it, it, in this context, it simply means to help in the freshness of the Holy Spirit, to serve in the, in the freshness of the Holy Spirit every day, not the staleness of living for God or not the, the boringness of serving God. Those things never come out of my mouth in reference to serving God. It means to assist in the creativity of the Spirit of God every day, to assist in what God is doing every day or what He wants to do in my life each day. Hallelujah. Some days are better than others, right? But every day is good with God. Somebody say amen. Some days are better than others. But every day is good with God. It means to attend to the Lord, to attend and minister to Him in the newness of the Spirit, to minister to others and encourage others and be a blessing to others in the quickening, life-giving presence and power of the Holy Spirit every day. Hallelujah. Yeah, the body runs down. You have to take a nap. Did anybody take a nap after work today? Anybody before you came to service today? Was I the only one? Hallelujah. <laughs> the Apostle Paul, I mean, he just lays it right out there for us. He lays it right out there for us. He compares and contrasts serving God and others, of course, in serving God, in the newness of the Spirit, serving God in the newness of the Spirit, which is internal, by the way. This is an internal flame. This is a, a, an ignited flame on the inside of us, the Holy Spirit, the power, the residing presence, living resurrection power on the inside of you and on you, but on the inside of you, bubbling up, flowing from heaven every day, this, this powerful internal new working of God every day in you versus serving God through the compulsion or the force or obligation and pressure uh, of the law or religious legalism. And legalism, I mean, it's, it, it's a it can, it can touch a whole lot of different things. And we were, uh, Curtis was in our staff meeting, was talking a little bit. He just mentioned the word legalism. I thought, oh, I'm going to be sharing a little bit about that because basically that's what Paul is talking about here. Don't get 
bound by the law, this external need to perform or to be something or to conform. But this is what it means, a strict literal or excessive conformity to the law. The law, remember, Paul said is good, but it, it's only good to show us our sin. It doesn't bring eternal life or excessive conformity to the law, or to a religious code that restricts, listen to this, free choice. God wants us to uh, freely choose him out of our will, out of our heart. Of course the Holy Spirit helps us. Of course we recognize our sin. We had no desire to serve God without the help of the Holy Spirit coming alongside of us, convicting us, showing us our sin till we repented. Somebody say amen. And in some ways that was an external force coming up, but it was a good one. Why? Because God was getting in on the inside. He was speaking to us on the inside. The law was just the letter. It wasn't the spirit. The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. The spirit was giving us life. Yes, showing our sin because the law was in the world. And, and we knew that we were in liars, cheaters, whatever we were, and, and all of it probably. And, but God was convicting us and, and bringing life and light to our destruction. And so we repented, right? Hallelujah. And we asked Jesus in, and what happened? We were born again. The Spirit of God came in, flooded our soul. We were so delighted, so thankful the power of God had saved us. So Paul, is what he's saying here is simply this. Legalistic behavior or conformity, dedication to an external religious code that doesn't transform the inner man, which it does not, and there's many religions. Just look around the world. Look around the world. And some people take Christianity and turn it into a, a law, turn it into legalism. And this is very important. That's why you have to be very discerning. People get caught up in legalistic Christian, quote-unquote Christian uh, uh, religion. I mean, they, they have all the trappings of and all the tinsel of Christianity. But see, here's, here's, the, here's the rub for you and I. We are being led and convicted by the Holy Spirit. I'm not trying to conform you to anything. In fact, I'm not even trying to conform my wife to anything, and I don't think she's trying to conform me to anything either. Hallelujah. But you know how wives can be. They can be sneaky. Hallelujah. And I'm just teasing. But no, we are, we are so free and so blessed. We are so free and so blessed. But we choose to love each other, right? We choose to love God. We choose to live for God. I chose to be here tonight. Yes, I'm the pastor, but I still chose to be here. Hallelujah. You chose to be here. And so we're not bound by, well, you got to be there every time the doors are open. You know, I used to say that, and I thought, you know, I'm not saying that anymore. I'm not going to try. And that's, that's one of the ones that, that you know, old-timers, man. Got to be there every time the door's open until you run everybody ragged when you have, a, you know, a 150-day revival, and people are running with their head, you know, their tongue hanging out. And then they feel guilty because the world wasn't saved during their revival. Ooh. <laughs> 
you know how we are. If we're going to have revival, the world better get saved. Because I ain't going to church every night unless the whole world is going to catch fire and Jesus is coming. I'm not stopping this revival until Jesus comes back. You know what I'm saying. No, we're, you know. I remember we've had, we've had spontaneous revivals where we went three, three weeks in a row. We did, we've done that two or three times in our history, not recently. But, you know, the power of God fell. People were wanting to be here. I said, well, should we come back Monday? Yeah. And, I mean, the place was filled. I mean, we worshiped. Our, I, said, I told our staff, hey, you guys want to go? Yeah. And so we went, man, three weeks power of God every single night. I mean, the fire of God. I'm not outside that realm. Believe me, I'm not so confined to my religious comforts that I can't break out of it. I think that the 21 days is, is part of that exercise. God, whatever you want to do. Hallelujah. We want more of you like we were singing. And so you got to be ready. But I remember when it was time to close it down. The Lord said, okay, now you've taken them to, you've taken your congregation up the mountain. Just keep them there. Keep them walking in the glory of God. And that's what good, you know, I try to be a good pastor and love people and give them choice and, and not, you know, beat them up or, or, you know, put guilt on them. That's what, that's what religion does. I'm not going to do that. I want you to choose God out of the free will of your life. You're not going to be conformed to any other allegiance other than Christ in you, the hope of glory. Why? Because conforming to religious tradition is dead. It has no life in it. There's no power. It, it, it hardens your heart. It gets you in performance mode. And that's not where you want to be. You want to be bearing fruit to God. And fruit is as naturally born in the fruit tree, whatever tree it is, as any, anything you can possibly imagine. He, that the orange tree isn't struggling to bear oranges. And so this is the serving God in the newness of the Spirit. Does that make sense to everybody? I mean, I want to choose God. I want to choose to be here. I want to choose to serve him in the newness of the Spirit. There was a man in the 1600s, he was a monk, Martin Luther, and I've, I've made reference to him on occasion because it's such a prime example of Christianity being turned into a religion and conformity from the outside. Guilt, shame, you got to perform, you got to do all kinds of religious functions and traditions. And so Martin Luther uh, was a monk in a uh, Christian tradition, and, and Luther he was growing incredibly empty. The more he did, the more he tried to conform to this law and these regulations, traditions, and all of these things. The more empty he became, and he thought when he started that, that would, it would be the very opposite. It would be the very opposite. But how many understand religious action and tradition doesn't create the inner peace and relationship with God that you need. It doesn't mean that God's not going to ask you to do things or that some traditions 
aren't good. I love the tradition of communion, uh, and which is an ordinance in the church. We call it an ordinance. I love the tradition of baptism, you know, all of those things. I love the tradition of coming, but these aren't really traditions, coming to church. This is in the Word of God. These are things that inspire you. Just because you come to church, well, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get bound. You know, uh, before I get on with Martin Luther, there was a guy that had contacted us or someone, you know, they wanted to come and give a testimony at our church about their healing. I guess they saw our, our billboards and I thought, wow, this is real healing. And, you know, and so we're, we're kind of working on that. And I said, Kathy, why don't you ask him, uh, you know, what church he goes to and, you know, just what his faith is like, because he wasn't really giving us any idea about who, what his faith was. It's kind of strange. And, and, you know, he, I don't have a pastor. I'm not a part of any religion. Like, you know, the thing is, is that if you don't have things that anchor you that are biblical, you're, you know, you're aloof. And you're not in touch with what God is doing. There are things that God wants us to be tied to, but we can't just discard them and say, you know, God, you know, I don't want to be a part of any fellowship. When he says, I will build my church, and you and I are master builders and a part of the body of Christ. It'd be like me neglecting my family or my wife, if I neglect the body of Christ. How many understand that? So there are good things and traditions that we're tied to. Martin Luther was finding that the more he did his religious service and action, the less fulfilled he became and the more empty he became in his rituals and his priestly customs. But he became also, which was a good thing, extremely desperate in in his internal fulfillment. He knew there was more, in other words. He knew there was more peace. He knew there was more encounter with God. And while, this is so interesting, uh, while he was climbing these steep stairs, hundreds and hundreds of stairs, on his knees, in prayer, his knees are bloody, calling out to God. He has a revelation of that we... We are saved by grace through faith, not the sacraments and not performance. Somebody say amen. So Luther became a, a preacher of righteousness by faith in Christ and left the religious order, served God, and became the reformer. And I think it's been 500 years now. Uh, just a couple years ago is the 500th anniversary of the 95 thesis that Luther nailed to uh, the uh, tradition of, uh, of his past about where they were wrong and how they needed to change. And of course, uh, they didn't like that too good, but that doesn't matter. You got to do what you got to do to set people free. Hallelujah. And so religious people, you can tell they're bound a little bit um, when you, you kind of witness the people and, well, no, I, 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 I go to this when you ask them about Jesus. You know, have you given your heart to Jesus? Well, I go to this church. Well, they really don't go to that church. Or if they did go to that church, they still don't have a, re- a relationship with Christ. And, and you can tell because of the, well, I was raised in this tradition, but they're really not serving God. They're just bound up and they feel this pressure somehow of this religious order. So Paul says that, and he's, and it's right, he says that the, 
the Jews rightly served God under the law because that's all they had. That's what they did. They sacrificed. They did the things that they were supposed to do. They didn't always do it with the right heart. Of course, Jesus taught us that when he came into the temple and overturned the money tables and all of that. But the law had a purpose. But now it is passed away. Not that we can't learn from the law, but in, in light of Christ and Christ emerging in the world, uh, Christ came, he said, to fulfill or complete the law. So that now, if you love God with all your heart and love your neighbor, you fulfill all the law. Somebody say amen. I got one amen. I miss you, Dad, if you're watching. Hallelujah. Amen. And so... Christ is the righteousness of the law now. And we know that. These are things we know. But you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful about, you know, serving God out of obligation instead of out of a desire and a want to and the flame of your heart. Now, Paul gave this analogy of being married to Christ as if the law had died, which it has, because that's where our sin dies. And we are alive in Christ, and we have been joined in the newness of the Holy Spirit with him. Now we are absolved from all of our sin. I don't have sin in my life because I'm walking in the light as he is in the light. Now, I'm not bragging. I'm just bragging on Jesus because that's how powerful his blood is. I'm not going to let the devil try to condemn me of sins that I might have committed in the past that I've already asked God to forgive me or bring up and drudge up, you know, my, my uh, carousing years without Christ, my BC years, if you will, or a sin that I might have committed just yesterday. Why? Because it's under the blood. That's how powerful the blood is. I'm not allowing sin to dwell in my heart and to hold me captive to the law of guilt and shame. And so now we are living and serving God in the newness of the Holy Spirit. Say that with me. We are living and serving God in the newness of the Holy Spirit, the freshness, the creativity, the the power of the Holy Spirit every day. And so all throughout the Bible, even in the Old Testament, So let me talk to you about the newness of the Spirit. Let me talk to you about the new. Everybody say the new. The new things that God is doing. The new things that he's doing in your life. The new things that he shows us in the Bible. And so throughout the Word of God, we read all kinds of things. God was always doing new things, planning new things. Uh, For his people Israel, when they were entering the promised land, or once they were in, they would face battles. And many times the Lord would defeat them and and do it in different ways. Do it in new and living ways. I just love the creativity of God. And sometimes he would 
He would ask them to praise him. Remember 2 Chronicles chapter 20, love that chapter. Three nations came against the king in Jerusalem. And the Lord says, you're not going to need to fight in this one. Well, they, they had learned to fight when they came into the promised land. But God said, no, don't, we're not going to do that this time. If you just send out the praisers, I am going to defeat your enemy. Hallelujah. And so that's what they did. Sometimes they needed to fight. Sometimes they didn't. David needed to fight. Sometimes he didn't have to fight. And so God did and does new things all the time. New ways, new sources. And I want you to be aware of those new things. Look for God to do new things. He may have done it this way. And yeah, Lord, you can do it again that way. So long as it gets done. So long as that prayer gets answered. So long as the breakthrough happened for me or for that person or for the church or whatever it is at work. But look for the new things. He's always doing the new thing. And that's what I think Paul is referencing here. The oldness, the deadness of just doing, you know, religious activity day after day, thinking that you're pleasing God. When God says, no, I want you to live in the newness. I want you to live in the newness of the spirit. Now, Curtis, again, I'm referring to him. He, uh, he was talking on, at, on, at staff today about a prophecy that it had one Sunday morning during our intercession and prayer. He's on the uh, uh, Sunday morning, uh, 9.30 prayer. He's on the piano, and he had this strange vision of a, a house with blue shutters and that God was going to give somebody a house. Was it something like that? And so... You know, this is out of the ordinary, but in an environment like we've created, you know, hey, yeah, we're not going to, you know, live in tradition here. We're just going to go with it. And that come to find out months later that 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 word related to Evelyn and her home in Ghana. And, and, and so Curtis just found out. What am, I, what am I saying? I'm talking about living in the newness of the Spirit. Let God do new things. You know, Curtis could have shut that thing down and said, blue shutters, you know, just shut. No, no, let the Holy Spirit do new things in you. Let him speak to you. You know, find out. Hey, does this relate to anybody? Well, on that morning, nobody said anything. And I thought, well, I, I think it kind of does for me, but not blue shutters. And I just... You know, I just did my own thing because I knew it was for real. I could feel the Holy Spirit all over it. But, you know, sometimes people, you know, they want to pray about it and then they'll come to Curtis. Curtis has an anointing for delayed fulfillments because he is a true prophet. Hallelujah. Keeps you humble. It does. It keeps you working. The Lord wants you to, okay, did I get that right, wrong? What the, okay, I'm just going to trust you, Lord. And see, that's how we do it. That is, that is the goodness of God. And we live in the newness of the Spirit. Live looking for new, looking and enjoying the new, enjoying the, the tradition, enjoying what God is doing, what he's done, just all of it. Hallelujah. But, but never put God in a box. Somebody say amen. See, the Bible says that his mercies 
are new each morning. That is, his compassion is new every morning. His kindness is new every morning. His sympathies, generosities, forgiveness, benevolence. Every morning, it's brand new. It's bubbling up every day. And so every day is a brand new day to be successful, a brand new day to prosper, a brand new day to bring the blessing of God to people, the encouragement of the Lord to others, and move in the newness of the Spirit. Serve, live in the newness of the Spirit. Say that with me. Serve, live in the newness of the Spirit. Did you know everything about your body, God's creation is operating in this law of the Spirit, which is the newness of the Spirit. In other words, God created us, and as I understand, I'm not a doctor, but my, even my skin is renewing itself every seven, 21 days, 7 days, 10 days. What is it, Cheryl? You're a, you're a nurse. Okay. You know what I'm saying, but it's true. It's right. You've, I've heard, I may have heard that. Your, your, your entire flesh, everything about you is renewing itself. Woo! Hallelujah. And so first the natural, then the spiritual. If that's happening in the natural, and this world is renewing itself, you know, some people say, you know, fossil fuels are running out. I heard Curtis say one time on a prophetic, I'm referring to Curtis like he's the Bible. I don't even know what's going on. But he said, he said, I just believe, you know, I, I believe fossil fuels are renewing themselves in the earth. And they just, they put out these scares. And that would, and I thought, you know, that makes sense because God is always renewing things. Hallelujah. Remember the woman with the, just the little bit of oil and the prophet came along and just, he said, well, go get a bunch of, go get a bunch of of uh, vessels to, uh, and don't, don't borrow a few, get a lot of them and just start pouring, pouring in the oil on all those vessels. She had a little bit, she ends up with a lot of oil and she went and sold that and paid her debt and she was free. Somebody say, man, God is renewing and doing new things in you all around you, physically, spiritually. Hallelujah. So live and serve that way. Live and serve in the newness of the Holy Spirit. I don't know. I may live to be 120. Hallelujah. Why? Because I believe this. I believe God's renewing my body. I believe he's renewing my mind. I'm going to live in the newness of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Why not? Methuselah lived 900 and some years. I can claim 120 at least. Whew. Praise God. He's creating He's recreating. He's renewing. He's replenishing. He's restoring, and you're recovering, and, and, and he's re-offering things to you. Every day, every day, his promises are being offered to you. Oh, I, I, there they are. Is there some energy in there awakening your spirit to lay hold of it? And I say yes and amen. See, when you are not even aware of it, your Heavenly Father was creating a new and living way for you to be saved and to serve Him in this world. Hallelujah. When you weren't even aware of it, God was already at work and He had already accomplished it. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Hallelujah. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things. Everybody say, all things. That means the dishes, and that means vacuuming. 
Kim's, you know, we're going to be watching Eva overnight this week, our, my little granddaughter. And every time she comes, we always, uh, we always vacuum the whole house, you know, but guess who's vacuuming? I'm vacuuming the house. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, somebody. Isn't that nice? That's nice. Why did I even say that? I don't even know what I was talking about, but but it's, we gotta, we got, I gotta renew that. I gotta get the carpets like new. So if Eva, you know, Eva wants to do whatever she wants to in the house. Hallelujah. Behold, all things have become new. Even vacuuming becomes new. That's what I meant. All, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself. All things are of God. Like I said, even the vacuuming dishes, whatever, lawn mowing reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given to us this ministry of reconciliation. So I am serving him in the newness of the spirit. I have been saved and made a new creation to serve him in this world. You and I are reconciled to God so that we can reconcile others. This is a brand new ministry. This is a new ministry that you and I are to be doing. You and I are made the righteousness of God to help others become the righteousness of God. This is the newness of the Spirit in us. This is a brand new thing that we are doing, serving God in the freshness of the Holy Spirit every day. You are brought into, the Bible says, a new covenant with God through the blood of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, and united with his family. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us this about this newness of the Spirit and our new man. Verse 14, for he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished the flesh in his flesh, the enmity, that is the law of commandments, Jesus abolished it or fulfilled it, contained in ordinances, so as to create, he did this to create in himself one new man from two, that is Jews and Gentiles, thus making peace that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity or the hostility that we had toward God. See, your mind and way of thinking can completely be transformed so that you become a new man. That's what Paul's talking about here. He's talking about living in the newness of the Spirit and becoming a new man. People say, well, my personality, you know, that's just my personality. It's just the way I was raised. It's just a habit that I have. Look, there are no excuses when you have the newness of the Spirit. Let the old habits die. Let them die. See, challenge yourself to break out of a bad habit. Break out of a bad way of thinking. Challenge yourself in the newness of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit in you. Hallelujah. You're no longer bound to your the deadness. There's no excuses anymore. Come on. Hallelujah. God will be patient. Ephesians chapter 4, 23 says this, be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you may put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So that's where he's taken you in the newness of the spirit, righteousness and true holiness. Does that sound inviting to you? That sounds delightful to me. Hallelujah. It just sounds really good. It, you know, some people turn it into religious 
order. You know, it's the way you wear your hair. It's, you know, you can't wear makeup or you, you know, you got to wear, I don't know, so many different ridiculous things. Newness in Christ never gets old. Somebody say amen. It never gets old. It's always new. Hallelujah. And you and I get to live in the thoughts of God because of the newness of the Holy Spirit every day. We get to live in the Spirit. We get to live in the Word of God, the wellspring of life that Christ has on the inside of us. You and I are allowed to experience and live in the true Right, not somebody's made up righteousness, but the true righteousness and holiness of God instead of dead self righteousness and unholiness. Let me give you a couple more scriptures and I'll close. Come on up here, Dave. Are you are you getting this? I hope this is good for you. It's it's, it's good for me. Hallelujah. You know the word of God never gets old. I love preaching the word. I love preaching the word because when I preach it, I I get preached to. And many times I'm preaching and the Holy Spirit says something to me and I just say it and I'm listening to somebody say amen. Colossians chapter three, verse nine says this, you have put off the old man. Say it with me. You have put off. Look at your neighbor. You have put off the old man with his deeds. Now, ladies, he's talking about your old man, not your husband, your old man. All of us have an old man, and it's not your husband's lady. Ladies, amen. I love saying that. It's just fun to me. And you have put on the new man. Woo! Hallelujah. Who has put on the new man in here? Who that is watching has put on the new man? Oh, yes. Who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him? You are renewed in the image of God. You are in his likeness now. Your thoughts are his thoughts. And where there is neither Greek nor Jew nor circumcision, uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. You have entrance now. Not only is he in you, but you have entrance now. You can come before him with confidence. You have entrance into the very throne room of God to fellowship with him and petition him for every good thing, every perfect thing, for your life, for your family, for your future, for your church, for your world, according to his will. You, it doesn't matter how big it is. You can pray for nations and God is hearing you and he's bringing it to pass. Amen. You can pray for neighborhoods and God. You can pray for neighbors. You can pray for your spouse, your children, your grandchildren. God's bringing it to pass because you're serving him in the newness of the spirit, the flame of God. You are like a flame of God before the throne of God. Did you know that? You're a flame of the life of God in the earth. You are the light of the world, the flame of God. They didn't have electricity. It was the flame. It was a flame. The light is a flame. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 says this, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Every time you pray, you're entering. Did you know, let's just, let's just say this. We, just, we can just stay there. Hallelujah. I know. I know we got to get about our business every day, but boy, it's so good to know that I can come before his throne.
the holiest place of all by a what? New, say it with me, a new and living way. Did you know quantum physics says that we can live in two places at one time or there's there's ways that for things to live in two places at one time all this vibration stuff i don't understand it but the fact is god already told us that that we are seated with him in heavenly places right now and we're here on the earth hey somebody god created quantum physics Whoa, I'm, I tell you, I, that was a revelation I just got. I don't know what it means altogether, but I'm telling you, I like it. But I've been preaching that forever, that we are seated with him in heavenly places right now. We are before the throne of God. And this is not about vibration. This is about the blessing of God. Somebody say amen. What Jesus has done, vibrations. You know, God creates these things. I don't understand how you know, cells and, and, you know, all of these. I don't even know. I can't even remember what neutrons and protons. But he created it all. So he knows what quantum physics is. By a new and living way, he is consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh and having a priest, high priest, We have a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near, draw near, draw near with a true heart, not with a condemned heart, not with an obligation, but a true heart, a full assurance of faith and full assurance of faith, having our hearts cleansed, sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let me close with this. The newness of the Spirit allows us to have fresh boldness every day to intercede for others and ourselves, our church, our world before His throne. The newness of the Spirit makes the blood of Jesus Christ efficacious, makes it effective for us so that we can approach the throne of God and not worry about being condemned. The newness of the Spirit reminds us that we have a high priest in the throne room of God, Jesus Christ, our Savior. And we can look to Him. We can see Him and His reflection upon us. His glory is seen upon us in that throne room and in this world. Hallelujah. The newness of the Spirit allows us to draw near to God when once we were far, far away and alienated from Him. We draw near to God with a true heart. A heart that is real and transparent. It says yes. And we know and we sin and we confess it. And we get out of it. We don't stay there. But we walk with God with a clear conscience. In the full assurance of faith. Stand with me. That was a long conclusion. But I got there. It's about five minutes. Bow your heads. Listen. Child of God. Child of God. Listen. You are a living testament of the power of God. And you are living in the newness of the Spirit, whether you are aware of it or not. And you may not access all the power that that means, but I want you to. And it's your time. It's your time to do it. It's your time to show the power of God, to be 
walking, living testimonies of Jesus, trophies of his grace. So are you in a spiritual rut? rut? Listen, break out of it. Get in this fresh, new fire of God that he's breathing upon us every day of our lives. Hallelujah. Do you feel like you're at a dead end, spiritually fruitless, spiritually empty? Look, examine your heart. Examine your attitudes. Be real. Approach God with a true heart. A a heart that's transparent. God, where am I messing up? I know I'm not supposed to be feeling this way. I know I'm not supposed to be doing that. Why do I keep doing that? Lord, help me. Thank you, Jesus. I repent. And I'm not going to do that anymore. How many prayers have I prayed like that? Be renewed. Be renewed in your heart by fresh, new fire of God on the inside. Make this declaration. Say it with me out loud. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the newness of the Spirit. Thank you that I can live every day in your life-giving life-transforming presence. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that I do not serve the oldness of the law or religious tradition. I serve you in the newness, freshness, creativity of the Holy Spirit. Thank you that I have access to your throne, to Christ as my Savior and I high priest. Thank you that you are always answering my prayers, big and small, for your glory and my good. And so I give you praise and honor in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, give God praise right now. Hallelujah. Make me an offering, make me whatever.